There are few events in the interior design industry that we collectively look forward to as much as Neocon. But after the past two years, questions abound. Will attendance be back up? And as manufacturers look to invest their dollars, and distributors, designers, and clients invest their time, how will this year be relevant to current challenges? We want to understand what answers they'll be seeking and if they'll find them at Neocon and in the Mart. Now, this event has provided a platform to drive conversations around the ways we live and work for the past 50 years. Yet, as we consider both what topics we explore and how we explore them, perhaps no period has provided more demand for design's response than these past two years. I think I probably share everybody's sentiment that I'd rather forget about the last two years, but we all learned a lot of very valuable lessons. The voice you just heard is none other than Byron Morton, VP of Sales and Leasing for Neocon and The Mart. You'll hear more from him in chapter one, as we share what to expect from the show this year. Then in chapter two, we'll hear from another voice you may recognize. A lot of the core topics that Neocon addresses have gone through quite a dramatic shift in the last couple of years. And I'm super excited to see how that's going to be reflected at the show this year. You've got it. That's Metropolis Editor-in-Chief Avi Rajikapol, who will reveal more about what excites him about Neocon 2022. Welcome to Season 3 of Design Nerds Anonymous, the podcast that sparks curiosity at the intersection of business and design. I'm your host, Amanda Schneider, founder and president at ThinkLab, the research division of Sandow Design Group and sister company to media brands you know and love like Interior Design, Metropolis, Lux, and more. At ThinkLab, our passion is sharing inspiration for your business, fuel for your design process, and connections with people and ideas for positive disruption. Thanks for listening. We're glad you're here. Let's dive into chapter one. I'm Byron Morton. I am vice president of sales and leasing for Neocon and the Mart. To kick us off, I asked Byron to share what he's most excited about at Neocon 2022. There's so much that excites me, really. 2022, we expect to get much closer to our normal attendance of 50,000 people or more, which is where we were in 2019. We've heard over and over and over again that things that suffered in the workplace over the last two years are culture, collaboration, and onboarding, frankly. And I think we're going to see a lot of new products that are geared to those three things. As everyone starts to return to the office, it's obvious that the purpose of the office has changed. I really expect to see a lot of collaborative furniture, a lot of privacy products and a lot of acoustic products to really help companies get their employees back in to work together, which let's face it, that is the strongest part of what we do. But in addition to excitement over simply being together and the new product introductions, much of the programming this year will extend beyond our traditional realms to help all of us and our clients respond to emerging questions about our collective future. Some of the most exciting things about our programming in 2022 go beyond 
just interior design. There's so many important topics that came up throughout the last couple of years. Wellness is more important now than ever. Diversity, equity, inclusion is, is also a, a, a really important subject. Collaboration. And then also just how design and design thinking has really extended beyond our traditional ways of looking at it. We have to consider digital spaces now. We have to consider how people interact when they're in an office versus when they're working from home or from a third space. We have to consider how people interact and work together and have meetings and collaborate together when some are in the office and some aren't. And I think that the attendees can really expect to, to find some of those answers at NEACON 2022, whether that's as part of our programming or through seeing the products in the showrooms. And new showrooms with opportunities to discover new brands, new products, and new concepts abound. There's going to be over 300 showrooms between the contract industry and our residential industry. And, and that crossover, we think, is something that's incredibly important. In 2021, we were able to complete 350,000 square feet of showroom leasing across the building. We have renewed some of our key anchor tenants throughout the last couple of years. One thing that was really fun about Neocon 2021 is it gave us the opportunity to attract a lot of European brands that normally would think about coming to the seventh floor or maybe not at all. And they took the opportunity to open new showrooms here in the building. We ended up bringing Space Store from the UK and Catal, which is just a fantastic line from Spain that features contract-grade outdoor furniture and, and structures. Narbutus from Lithuania opened a showroom on the 11th floor as well. And that continued the trend that we had started in 2019 with bringing a lot of new, exciting European brands into the building. And, and it's so fun because, you know, we're seeing a lot more different ways of thinking about the workplace, not only from those European brands, but, you know, from our bellwether brands in the industry as well. In addition to many new product brands, the Mart is partnering with several organizations to make the most of our in-person interaction and provide new opportunities for attendees to engage. The other special exhibits that we'll have at the show are the Metropolis Sustainability Lab, which I know is near and dear to you all's heart. Sandow will also be doing several other special exhibits throughout the building. And we've worked with other media partners and industry partners to activate spaces throughout the building as well in ways that people really haven't seen before. But one of the things that also fascinated me about my discussion with Byron was some of the MART team's collective learnings from the past two years of reframed experiences. And rather than just return to normal, the Neocon team is looking for ways to help us learn, find the silver lining, and create a better new normal. The show always brings together the best of the industry and not only the best products, but the best people and the best programming and really just the energy. We've spent the last two years on Zoom calls and conference calls and Teams calls, and there is just no substitute for being in person. And we're really excited for that. 
I think I probably share everybody's sentiment that I'd rather forget about the last two years, but we all learned a lot of very valuable lessons. If you rewind to, to March of 2020, when the world turned upside down, our team really pivoted quickly and produced NeoConnect in June of 2020. And, and that's where we first saw the reality of, of the extended reach of our programming. These enhanced digital tools for events really are going to become the norm. We've learned immensely from it and think that, you know, it, it's something that will continue, you know, into the future. So let's hear about how these teams are weaving in these new digital tools to create something we talk a lot about here at ThinkLab, a new enhanced digital journey. That's physical plus digital for our Neocon attendees in 2022. The Neocon Hub is our new digital platform. We introduced it in October during Neocon 2021. It really is a true online resource to get all of the Neocon programming. All of our CEUs will be uh, live streamed to the Neocon Hub and our keynotes will be live on site, but also live streamed to the Grand Stair as well as the Hub and Design TV. We can all agree that while digital is not a perfect substitute for face-to-face, -face, it can extend the reach of content, almost serving as a movie trailer to help invite deeper in-person engagement when they want to watch the full show, if the content from the trailer is worthwhile. What we learned was that while each of our CEUs, when we only offered them on site, had audiences of about 130, 135 people at the most, we were reaching thousands with these CEUs. And the more we can get people to watch the trailer, your words, which I love, the more people are gonna to come to the movie and see the movie eventually. And, and we think that that extended reach does wonders, not only for the show, but for the exhibitors who will also have the ability to offer richer digital content and the industry overall. In this way, much like we discussed in our previous episode this season, the future of events, we can expand not only the reach to more people who are unable to physically attend, but also extend the energy from the show and send ripple effects from the content throughout the year. But since we are all so excited to be face-to-face -face again, let's shift our focus to the physical space in and around the Mart and changes that are scheduled to be completed by Neocon 2023. As people return to the office and as people return to the building and into our cities, we really wanted to take that not one step further, but about 10 steps further and wanted to amenitize and maybe even more importantly, communitize the building. So we started working with Gensler, Chicago office, and we've come up with a program called Mart 2.0, which I always chuckle. I think that should be Mart 9.0 because we have gone through several changes over our 90 plus year history. Mart 2.0 essentially is gonna take our amenities way beyond where they were before and frankly, way beyond any other building in the city of Chicago. We're going to further improve the River Drive Park, which is already fantastic. We'll create a little more of an intimate streetscape feel. We're going to completely renovate the Northeast corner of the building. Many fondly refer to that as the Kinsey Wells entrance. And it will no longer be just a back door. It will be our front door to the River North neighborhood. You'll see a grand lobby and a beautiful staircase. 
We'll be opening another full-service restaurant at that entrance. There'll be outdoor seating there as well. And then a real centerpiece of the project is we're going to create a 27,000-square-foot conference center on the second floor, again, drawing off of and expanding the energy from Marshall's Landing and the stair, but creating hospitality areas, informal gathering spaces, and then formal meeting rooms for groups from three all the way up to 300. Now, one question I hear often in my travels is how these amenities may be more for tenants and less for showroom spaces. So I asked Byron about the Mart's balance between tenant and showroom spaces. Here's his emphatic response. It's so funny that, that people say to us that the Mart is becoming an office building and that we don't want to do showrooms anymore. Let's be clear, this is a 4.2 million square foot building. It was completed in 1931. It has gone through several lives, including a life in the 40s as the Pentagon of the Midwest during World War II. But the initial vision for this building as a showroom building and a market center is still alive today. Our mix of tenants has shifted throughout the years as the market has shifted. And, you know, we feel like at this point, we've really reached a nice level of equilibrium between showrooms and offices. The building's about 60% office, 40% showroom, and that works. We know that. We've adapted to that time and time again, and we will continue to adapt to that. To close out this chapter, I invited Byron to share one word with us about Neocon and the Mart and what makes him optimistic as we look towards the future. I think if I had to focus on one word, it would be community. There is no other building in the city of Chicago, or frankly, in the world, that offers the community and concentration of design that the Mart does. There are other opportunities within the city now, and some people have decided to, to pursue some of those. And I frankly think they're gonna be quite disappointed. I, I think that they're going to learn that there is no way to create density in a neighborhood that spans across six to eight blocks. And there is no way to create efficiency of critical mass that all of our attendees have enjoyed for over 50 years. At the end of the day, showroom anywhere other than at the Mart is just a showroom in an office building. You don't get that sense of community, you don't get that full experience. As you look at the non-Neocon days of the year, that same community can be had here at the Mart. We're working with media partners, industry association partners, as well as the local community here in the building to produce events and to gather not only the Chicago A&D community, but the A&D community and the dealer community throughout the country. I really want to encourage people to always consider the Mart as the most complete resource that they can come to. So if you're in California, if you're in DC, if you're in New York, if you're in Montana, France, UK, or Spain, you should be coming to the Mart. We feel like we have the foundation to create the most energy possible anywhere in the industry. So as we dive into chapter two, let's explore a bit more about the answers to those emerging questions to hot industry topics, 
that Byron mentioned before. Here's Avi. Hi, I'm Avi Rajagopal. I'm the editor-in-chief of Metropolis. Like we started with Byron, I asked Avi to kick us off with what excites him going into Neocon 2022. A lot of the core topics that Neocon addresses have gone through quite a dramatic shift in the last couple of years. And I'm super excited to see how that's going to be reflected at the show this year. We're going to see a lot of really smart solutions to some problems that maybe we've not had to think about as much in the past, whether it's hybrid work, whether it's materials transparency, whether it's diversity, equity, and inclusion, whether it's about carbon footprints. There's a lot of topics that we've become more sensitized to than we've ever been before. It sounds like we're going to start to see our industry really address some of those issues head on. And Metropolis is going to do our best to amplify that, to kind of curate that experience for people who are visiting Neocon this year, and also to give them some context around what they might be seeing at Neocon. And if you want to see the Metropolis take on products, you can of course grab their Neocon publication, where the Metropolis editors curate a list of products for those walking the show. They'll also be spotlighting amazing industry people driving change for responsible design that makes a positive impact in the world. But what I'm most curious to dig into with Avi is his take on what to expect at Neocon as we explore some of the industry's heaviest topics technology, sustainability, and DEI. Let's start with number one, technology. I think the fundamental movement that we've seen in technology is this layering of real life and virtual experiences. And what we found, especially in the commercial interior space, is that the greatest power is where those things complement each other and provide possibilities and potentials that make up for the shortcomings of each. The last two years have shown you know, that there's lots of challenges that can get in the way of people getting together and meeting with each other and collaborating in person. The virtual experience provides us a way to do that, which is absolutely fantastic. But what the virtual experience misses, of course, is the tactility, is the emotional cues, the social cues, the connections and so on. So this is well-trodden ground, but I think what's interesting, what I'm hoping to see at Neocon especially from some of our furniture manufacturers who have a lot of experience working with tech companies, is some of those solutions that support hybrid experiences. Last year at Neocon, we saw some great solutions for taking what used to be small conference rooms and turning them into one to two person offices. You know, So we saw lots of really smart solutions for how you can change the infrastructure of our current workplaces to help them suit the new normal. I'm hoping to see more of that. And I think it's quite certain we'll see more of that. But Avi pushes us beyond thinking about technology for our clients. And much like we explored in episode two this season, the future of the showroom, he ponders what concepts like the metaverse will mean for manufacturers at Neocon. The other interesting thing that happened during COVID-19 is, you know, virtual showrooms and virtual experiences. And at this point, there's quite a few of our manufacturers who have those on offer. And it'll be interesting to see how they leverage that at Neocon. I was at a different trade show earlier this year and pretty major manufacturer in that space, which was a more residential space, um, 
had chosen to create a completely hybrid booth where you could actually connect with your local sales rep while at their booth in, on location. So there's lots of interesting things, I think, that are happening in the industry. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how Neocon enables all of that. It'll be interesting to see if there's any metaverse references at Neocon this year. You could argue that the virtual showroom is already part of a metaverse. In years past, some larger manufacturers have shown some of their product customization capabilities and product development capabilities using interactive experiences at Neocon. And I think that's going to be another big application of virtual technologies in our space is less on is we've talked so far on the user side, like what are the space occupants experience, but on the manufacturer side, I think there are ways that virtual technologies are going to help with prototyping and mock-ups and testing. I don't know how much of that will be visible at Neocon, but I know, certainly know that lots of wheels are turning already on that. So I'm excited to see that show up at future Neocons, hopefully. Let's move on to explore our second topic, sustainability. How will Metropolis be expanding the sustainability conversation at the show? We're going to bring back the sustainability lab at Neocon. The sustainability lab at Neocon for Metropolis is really the hub for all things sustainable, healthy, resilient, and equitable at Neocon. So it really is a place where you can come to find out about all that's happening in our industry around those themes. And that means a couple of things. First of all, we will have a small exhibit of products that exemplify those values. We will have explanations and more information about those products, which you can also see at individual showrooms at Neocon, but this is a great kind of concentrated place to come and see them. We will be conducting a showroom crawl. So if you're a designer who's specifically interested in sustainability or who is working on projects that are tracking towards sustainability goals, it just is an easy way. Join me on a walk. Let's walk through the mart. Let's go and look at all the amazing things that are on display at the mart that might help you on your projects. Aside from those things, you know, which is about showcasing product and showcasing what's happening in the industry, the hub is also a space for advocacy. We will be promoting the Interior Design Pledge for Positive Impact, which we launched at Neocon last year. It is the single common framework for sustainable interior design that we have in the United States today. It is a framework that was built by ASID, IIDA, and Interior Designers of Canada in collaboration with Metropolis, but with collaboration of many different organizations, many folks with the blessings of many other organizations as well. So it's really a meant to be as comprehensive a framework for interior designers as possible. And we will be educating many more interior designers about that pledge at Neocon. A couple of other exciting things we're doing is this past year, we launched a climate toolkit for interior design, which is, again, the first real resource for interior designers who are looking to reduce the embodied carbon footprint of their work. We are undertaking a process by which we will be updating that toolkit this year. So we will have some exciting updates around that toolkit at Neocon as well. And if you haven't been following our podcast, Deep Green, which is now in its second season, we will be taping a live episode of Deep Green at Neocon. So come and join us for that. And last, but most certainly not least, our third topic we'll explore with Avi is diversity, equity, and inclusion. Our May-June issue, which is the issue, that print issue that will be at Neocon, is themed around interiors for everyone. 
And that really is driving home this idea of inclusion. We typically think about inclusion in terms of diversity and equity. We think of it as, okay, we've addressed the needs of a certain group of people. How do we make sure we address the needs and wants and desires of more groups of people as we design interiors? And that's definitely a big part of inclusion. But another part of inclusion is that we have to remember that our interior design work, all of us who are in the interior design industry, we touch the lives of hundreds of people. Even if we're designing a simple project, even if we're just doing a furnishings and furniture refresh of a very small office, right? And no matter how big the project is, invariably your project is touching the installers, fabricators, contractors who work with you on the project, it of course touches the lives of the people who are going to use that space. It touches the lives of all the people who worked on the assembly lines making the product that you're going to put in that space. And eventually it's going to touch the lives of the people who live next to the landfills where all the stuff is going to end up or not, hopefully. So every interior in a way is for everyone. It touches a lot of people. And so we're going to really dive into that idea a little bit more, start to think about you know, how do we expand our focus just from clients and occupants and start to think about all the other constituents that we touch as part of interior design practice. As we link all of these topics around Neocon, technology, sustainability, and DE&I, I asked Avi, where do you think we need to push our industry further? What conversations do you hope are sparked at the show? I think talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion within the interior design industry is really interesting because we could follow a paradigm that we've followed before quite successfully when talking about carbon or talking about health and wellness. I think so far DNI initiatives, at least the ones that get talked about a lot, tend to focus on programs that are more to do with the people who end up using the space or have to do more with hiring practices, representation. But I think if we focus just on those two things and ignore supply chain transparency, we'd be making a big mistake because every interior that you design through the products and materials that you put in it touches the lives of hundreds of people around the world. If you are looking at a, a task chair, coming into your office project. A single task chair is touched by so many people. There are, there are people who are making components and assemblies in factories around the world. Those are then brought to factories, maybe in the United States, maybe in Canada, somewhere closer to us that are being assembled there. But even before, there's the materials themselves that have to be made. There's just so many layers in the supply chain. And all of those, just as we've learned that they have sustainability impacts, they also have equity impacts. They have impacts not just on the physical environment, but also human beings throughout that process. And so thinking about that deeper end of equity is harder, but also in some ways maybe more rewarding because some of that information and some of the drive for transparency around that is already being captured. So it's actually the place where we're starting to gather information. And so it actually might be a good place for us to start digging into if we're really serious about equitable and inclusive design. If we only think about the sort of health and climate implications 
but ignore the equity implications of some of the efforts we've done on product transparency, that would be a real miss. And I happen to know that, you know, there are many manufacturers who have really dug into their supply chains, who are really interested in looking at equity in their product supply chains, who will be at Neocon this time. And I'm really excited for everybody who attends Neocons to hear the stories that they tell. But I also urge everyone who's attending Neocon to kind of ask about that, to start the conversation about that. Just as you know, five years ago, six years ago, we had to start the conversation about EPDs or start the conversation about red list materials. I think we have to start the conversation around equity. And the more we do, the more rigorous we'll get, the more support we'll be able to build as an industry for new tools and new frameworks. Between Neocon and the end of this year, there will be even more tools and resources coming online, specifically in the equity space. A number of nonprofits and organizations are working on this. They have specific frameworks or tools or databases that are in the works right now that Metropolis will certainly continue to report on throughout this year. So I'd love to see the industry start those conversations at Neocon this year. I think supply chain transparency, looking at materials transparency, looking at equity in the supply chain, is really important. At Metropolis, we've been calling this embodied justice, kind of like embodied carbon. If you look at the carbon conversation, the carbon it takes to make the building is embodied carbon. And so similarly, all the stuff that goes into actually making interiors have community impacts as well, and that's embodied justice. You may design a space that goes above and beyond ADA, that is Americans with Disabilities Act standards. You may design a space that's amazing for people with neurodiversity, for people who have cognitive or sensory diversity. You may design a space that's amazing for people of all income groups or all classes to come and use. That's all great. But if you design that space, specifying product that was exploitative of people in the countries where it was made, you kind of miss the mark, you know? And so we have to think about equity in both dimensions. And I'm really hoping that at Neocon, we will be driving that message. Like many other interviews this season, I asked Avi to help us close out season three of Design Nerds Anonymous with what leaves him optimistic as we look towards the future. And given the weighty topics that the team at Metropolis is covering, his answer may surprise you. I think there's no doubt that the future of product specification is a combination of physical and digital, what you folks at ThinkLab have been calling digital. The product specification process is a really complex process, and it has elements to it that are very driven by relationships, and it has elements to it that are very driven by information. Metropolis's conversations with designers and specifiers throughout the years, what we've discovered is that everybody has their own preference and their style in terms of how they find information and how they take those decisions. Let's be very clear, every designer who's specifying a product is conducting basically a very complex multivariate analysis in their head. They're weighing a large number of factors all together, sometimes very intuitively, and arriving at two or three solutions that would best fit the problem set that they have. They're, they're looking for certain color and finish, they're looking for a certain budgetary constraint, they're looking for certain dimensions, they're looking for certain sustainability performance, they're looking for certain performance criteria. There's so many things that a designer is weighing when they're making specification decisions. 
And that space is, I think, ripe for more digital tools and frameworks. There's a reason why we've seen digital tools in this space, such as Material Bank, which is, of course, a sister company of both Think Labs and Metropolises. We should say that undeniably they've become a sort of force in the industry because they really sit at that juncture of the physical and the digital. More tools like that, I think, need to come online, whether you're looking for sustainable products or healthy products. The ability to filter and choose is really important, and I'm excited to see more growth in that area. The gamut of interactions on specification will become a combination of certain physical elements and certain digital elements. And if you think about it, that's kind of how we live our lives now. There's no reason why specification can't follow that paradigm. And I think more and more we will see designers, manufacturers, sales representatives, as well as databases, nonprofits, sampling platforms get really comfortable with this paradigm. And it's only going to deepen if anybody's thinking that there's some kind of flip switch back to the days of large materials libraries and intense one-on-one relationships between sales reps and designers. You're fooling yourself. Those days are gone, much as we all might pine for them. I think the question is, how can we start to build relationships in this new paradigm? I think there's so much to be excited for at this Neocon. We're really at the cusp of so much change. And I hope everyone who's listening is going to join us. It's going to be a very exciting show this year. And with that, we wrap our third season of the Design Nerds Anonymous podcast. But that doesn't mean that you have to miss out on the industry insights we're researching here at ThinkLab. Make sure to follow us at thinklab.design online and on social to stay in the know and participate in our paid research opportunities. Plus, our social media manager tells me that resharing our industry updates makes you look really good on LinkedIn. And you never know, we just might drop a bonus episode on you while we're working on season four. 